Morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for your company as we kick off another week on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, wherever you got us on the SEN app. It is great to be back in the chair again, thanks to the missile and MC. Top of 37 degrees in the west today, 33 in the city and possible showers this evening. So a hot one right across Sydney on this Monday morning. 0457 736 736, as you know, is the text line. 1300 1170 is the open line number. Bryce McGain will be joining us to recap the second one-day international last night at the SCG and also look ahead to the third match tomorrow night at Marnie Oval. Got some questions for you off the back of the ODI series and Australia's great win last night. They were absolutely supreme in the end, a 83-run victory. So we'll run through that. I was out there as part of our SEN commentary team getting all of the insights from Trent Copeland, Lisa Stalaka, and, of course, Stephen O'Keefe. Billy Moore will be on the show. So strap yourselves in because there might be some good news heading the Bears' way. And after Peter Volandi's comments in The Telegraph, which we'll expand on soon, it'll be interesting to see what those that are in the inner circle or the inner sanctum of the North Sydney Bears and their continued push to get back into the premiership in some way, shape or form are thinking about the latest comments. Brett Phillips, the host of the first serve on a Monday morning, has had a breather after the Australian Open and a lot going on in the world of football slash soccer. Alex Brosk will be with me. So let's get to the cricket. Australia 9 for 258 last night off their 50 overs. Could have and should have had more on the board. But in the end, it's a comfortable win. 175, they rolled the Windies for with six and a half overs to spare. Sean Abbott had just one of those matches where all the good luck followed him. And we referenced last night that good luck in sport can be just as equal as bad luck. You're having a bad night, things come your way. You're having a good night, things go your way as well. He hit 69 of 63's highest one-day international score. And then he was involved in everything in the field. Two really good catches and three for 40 to get player of the match. There are a lot of storylines to come out of the ODI last night. Will Sutherland and Jake Fraser-McGurk make their international debuts. Xavier Bartlett, player of the match at the MCG, rested. Travis Head rested as well from both the ODI and the T20 squads. Josh Hazelwood comes in. Matthew Short, who many said should have opened the batting last night, ended up batting down the order and then didn't field because of a hamstring problem. So a lot to come out of last night's match. But a lot of people are talking about the crowd, obviously, and the ticket prices and all the regular things that we've been talking about for a while when we think about one-day internationals. So I'll ask you this question this morning. It's a two-part question. If you went to the one-day international last night or you went to the MCG or you're planning on going to Monica Oval, do you think you're getting value for money? It was a good night last night. It was hot in Sydney. But it was a good afternoon. There was plenty in that match to get excited about. Some big hits, some great catches. Cameron Green took one of the best catches you'll ever see. An absolute screamer. And some really good performances. It's an awesome afternoon, evening at the SCG. But do you think you're getting value for money? And I'd like to know this. If it's ticket prices that you're worried about, if it's the opposition that you're worried about, if it's the 50-over format that you're worried about, and let's face it, you can't really change those if you're Cricket Australia. The opposition's the opposition, whoever's here at the time. The scheduling 
is pretty much directed from so many other forces that you can't really push it around too much. And then ticket prices you can take care of if you're looking at it. But what will get you back to ODIs if you thought about going last night or thought about watching it but didn't? What will get you back invested into one-day internationals? Do you think the format's just too long? Is there a place for it anymore? A lot of questions to come out of that. Give us your thoughts on that on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy In a wide-ranging uh, interview, as you know, with Phil Rothfield in this morning's News Limited Papers, Peter Volandis has given us a view to the NRL's future, you know, both on the field and offered in the USA and in your lounge room, and, of course, covered the issue about the Bears possibly coming back into the comp in some way, shape or form. So I want to pick this apart a little bit here because in my mind, there's an emotional headline here which is generating all the talk and that's about the Bears and that's fair enough. But there's some detail in there which gives us a real look into the future that has a direct impact on you, the viewer of Rugby League. The American Adventure, what the US trip is all about and the future of broadcasting of rugby league, pay TV or free to air. It's that simple. So that's where it hits you in the lounge room. Let's get to the American adventure. What's it all about? It's been one of the biggest questions that we've been raising since we knew that the Vegas trip was up and running. In a nutshell, and Peter Volandis has told Buzz this this morning, sports wagering and subscriptions. That's what it's all about. Betting is booming in the US and the NRL wants a piece of it. How? They've got to be in that market getting eyeballs in that market. And there's a double whammy here, which is explained well this morning, because they also get subscribers through their partnership with Fox. The crowd is not what's going to be successful for me. It's what the whole idea of it is to sell our broadcast. Now, we've, we've got a product called Watch NRL. It's a premium product made by Fox. We only sell 3,000 subscriptions in America of Watch NRL. So the whole idea is to promote the app Watch NRL. Now, there's 300,000 Australians living in the US. Even if you've got 150,000 of those, that's $25 million additional revenue each year. That's what we're aiming for. We want to be on Fox One. Now, for people that don't know what Fox One is, it's the biggest sports channel in America. It's got 120 million subscribers. You know, the strategy is to try to get one game a week on Fox One. If we can do that, your subscriptions are going to come in very, very quickly. Subscriptions, a key word in all of that, and the Watch NRL app. So we're getting explanations here as to exactly what the NRL's trip over to Vegas short term is all about. Subscriptions, not to mention a good piece of the big sports wagering pie. The subscriptions part leads us to what the viewing future might look like for you. Now, as you know, Australian TV broadcast rights for NRL, Fox Sports and Channel 9. Subscription and free to air up in 2027 next time around when talking about Vegas PVL gave us an insight into where their priority is and it's not TV as you used to know it he said when we were looking at Amazon and Apple and all those big players they kept saying to me why would we be interested in you as in the NRL when there are 40 million people in California there's 40 million in our backyard and he said it's got me thinking imagine if we could capture a big market even one percent of the American market We'd have more subscribers, there's the key word, in America than we would in Australia on broadcast. You know what jumps out at me there? Something that we've been telling you about 
to keep an eye on in the future and to get ready for. Amazon and Apple. Out of PVL's mouth, Amazon and Apple. When we were looking at them and all of those big players, subscriptions, subscriptions, right? And then he goes on to say, free-to-air is not where we get our main source of revenue. I don't know how Channel 9 react to this this morning. It comes from subscription television, which is bang on. The way people are watching sports changing quickly and they're moving away from traditional TV to other devices and to subscribe to the content they want to watch. As somebody who's worked in this industry for a long, long time, there's Peter Volandi saying, you know where the future lies here? Pretty much where the money is right now and where everything's being generated and the American connection. It's the streamers, subscription, pay TV and free-to-air now is not where we get our main source of revenue. Down a peg or two. So that gives you an insight into where this may land down the road. Talking about where something may land, do the North Sydney Bears have a potential return on the card? So this is the emotional side of this discussion now. And it just triggers an instant impact. As we know, the Bears have been pushing and pushing and pushing to get back into the competition. And we'll speak to Billy Moore, who'll continue that push. They've been relentless. They've also been open about being versatile. Merging, moving, you tell us. We'll do it. As long as there are three non-negotiables on the table from our sides have said the Bears. Colours, badge, and keeping a bit of the North Sydney Oval history. A couple of matches there. They've said to the NRL quite openly, you keep them, we'll go anywhere. PVL says the 18th team might be announced this year and all of the talk goes to that Papua New Guinea push. But where do the Bears fit into this? Everywhere I go, that's the question I get, when are you bringing back the Bears? I never realised they had so many people. Tens of thousands. Uh, there, there, no, there's we no, lost them to the game. Uh, there's no doubt about that because, as I said, everywhere I go, the most commonly asked question I get since I've been a rugby league administrator is when are you bringing back the Bears? Mm. Look, they've got to be in the equation there somewhere. They can't be a standalone team in Sydney because there's too many already. Yep. But they certainly can be part of a, a future team, um, you know, be it the Pacific, be it Perth, be it wherever, uh, there's an opportunity there for them. It makes sense that they'd be brought back in some fashion because they've got 200,000 members. They're certainly in the equation. It's almost a bit of an aside in the article. Um, it's got its separate part there under the, the, the subheading bearing up well. But it's such an emotional issue, isn't it? And now it'll lead to the question of, OK, what's next for the North Sydney Bears? Who do they partner with? Are they now looking more towards a domestic expansion than an expansion out to Papua New Guinea, which will involve Cairns? And if it's 20 teams in 10 years' time, so Buzz says, crystal ball, 10 years. We're back at North Sydney Oval, but not every week. PVL says, well, in 10 years' time, I'd think we'd have 20 teams. So now we think about 18, 19, and 20. So let's think that 18 is PNG for argument's sake, let's say 19 is the North Sydney Bears and somebody else, who's 20? Another expansion team in New Zealand, you would have to think. And then the other question off that is, who do the Bears partner with? If this discussion is about to get serious, then we have to get serious with it. Who are the Bears going to partner with? Is it Perth? Is it Pacific? And when? And where? How does all that play out? Because over the course of however many years, we've seen partnerships that have gone astray. So let's have some fun with that one this morning. Give me your thoughts around what you make 
of Peter Volandi's wide-ranging interview on all of those issues. And when it, when you look back at the subscription pay TV slash free-to-air debate that'll come, it's coming because it will land in your lap. I've got a very, really simple question for you. Let, let's say in the next cycle of broadcast rights, would you be willing to pay to watch every single NRL game? Rugby league is on the free-to-air anti-siphoning list, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to live on free-to-air. It has to be offered to free-to-air, and they don't take it all up. Now, I can see a day where Origin continues to be split out, and that's on free-to-air anti-siphoning as well. So Origin's a key, but what about the NRL week in, week out? Would you pay to watch every single match? If you're doing it with Fox right now, you're watching every single match like that. But if you've got no free-to-air coverage whatsoever, are you okay to put your heart in in that scenario? They'll want to take care of all the viewers here and all the supporters. And they won't trip up, in my opinion, but there's big, big money on offer and big, big players will be at the table. Two of them are right there in black and white this morning, Amazon and Apple. They're discussing this and have been discussing rugby league with them. We don't know to what stage or what extent, but they're right there this morning from the boss's mouth. However, when you look at the Bears, we don't want to go down the road of imperfect match. Remember that, remember, Coach K, do you remember the show, The, the Perfect Match? I mean... Ah, <laughs> uh, Greg Evans. So, look, we can take it this way. We know that everyone's going to be saying, okay, well, the perfect match would be, say, the Bears go over to Perth, right? There's there's some pretty easy sort of discussions to have around a perfect match, but we want to talk this morning about imperfect matches. What about those that should never be paired up or never have been paired up? As a Manly fan, we don't need to revisit the Northern Eagles. We don't want to see... There's an imperfect match right there. The screen comes back, no, that's not happening. Have you got any other examples that you would not like to see ever again or never see at all, even if it it meant that your survival was on the cards. 0457 736 736. That is the text line. Debate with us this morning on 1300 01 1170. A lot to get through on this Monday morning. It's 18 and a half minutes after nine o'clock.